Speaking the truth to the state capital. This is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, here we go. Monday, March 6th. It is a balmy 41. No, I think balmy you're supposed to use when it's hot. But either way, it's 41. It actually feels pretty good. I thought the week was going to be bad. Winds uh, out of the north, 15 miles an hour. And the classic drive-time Lincoln, but it feels like 32. So, you know, a little bit winter, but I think we're getting close. I'm your host, Jack Riggins, Restoring American Values, bringing common sense to the capital city. Johnny Cadillac is executive producing this show. Uh, I dug around. uh, We've got a guest in studio, but I dug around to try to find some nice headline. And I really couldn't find anything that, was eye-popping or I could do quick. Eh, I mean, other than, you know, this great article on KLIN.com where the (laughs) state troopers arrested 12 impaired drivers. First weekend of state basketball. First weekend of state basketball. Uh, I'll tell you what, folks. That's just a bad one. We have so much technology and so many ways to get a hold of friends that you just should never be driving under the influence of anything. Um, and as you'll remember, we had one of our biggest Darwin Award winners last week with the gentleman that, uh, you know, got two DWIs in about a three hour span. So, I mean, I say these just as reminders. And again, call somebody, call your friends, have a plan. Don't get behind the wheel of a vehicle when you're impaired because it's just bad for you. It's bad for all of us. And, you know, these are things that, there's no reason for. So I guess that's your public safety announcement today. <laughs> Other than that, uh, you know, legislature's going on, and uh, there'll just be more and more fights over that. I did see that uh, we didn't talk a lot about uh, constitutional carry, but, yeah, it made it through its first round. So even though there's tons of filibustering going on, which to a degree I'm not totally against because that means – even though it's part gamesmanship by Democrats in our legislature, it enables the government not to, say, pass 800 bills, because I don't know why you would need to pass 800 bills. So I am all for, you know, 15, 20 getting done. That's fine. It, we, none of us should be upset by that. And you really shouldn't be upset that the Democrats are filibustering. I mean, that's part of the political process, although it gets a little uh, silly to watch at times. Uh, in the end of the day, some of these from a conservative side uh, agenda items are going to go through, and one of them that um, certainly Senator Tom Brewer's fought for for a while, constitutional carry, appears to be on its way with a 36-12 to 12 in its first round. So, there we go. It is political season, and uh, my guest is a very unique individual that's running for Lincoln Airport Authority, uh, Chris Stokes. Welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Thanks, Jack. Appreciate it. Chris, you have a very unique background. Once again, you're another veteran like myself. Uh, and like our last veteran we had on, you are also a U.S. Air Force pilot or retired, but uh, as as well as a pilot in general as your career. So I'm trying to figure out, folks, he drove the A-10, which the A-10 is the most bad ASS weapon system in the air uh, for ground troops like myself. And uh, you started in aviation in the United States Air Force when? Well, I went to pilot training in 1992. Okay. Uh, I had I actually started 
when I was 16. I sold it when I was 16 years old, and I went to college here in Lincoln and uh, was a flight instructor out at the Lincoln Airport. It's one of my my first jobs. I'll be dang. Yeah. How about that? So wait a minute. So you are a flight instructor young, out of the Lincoln Airport, go to school here, join the United States Air Force, uh, do many tours in the A-10, also get into the airlines, lived in Lincoln, come back to Lincoln, and then are like, you know what? There's an opening for airport authority. I might be a good fit for that. Well, after 34 years, I retired. 34 years. Congrats on that. I retired last year from the Air Force and uh, had a little bandwidth and was uh, had some concerns with the airport and, and wanted to be part of it and uh, just went back and forth and decided to uh, throw my That's name awesome. in the hat. So, yeah. I think it's great anytime veterans uh, are willing and have the bandwidth, as you say, to offer our experience to serve in the community. However, let's go back to your Air Force career. Uh, ni- early 90s, joined the United States Air Force. Actually, 88. 88. I, so I went to college okay. at uh, UNL, and I joined the Nebraska Air National Guard. Okay. So gotcha. I was a guardsman, and uh, they helped pay for my college. Great program. When you were a guardsman, did you serve right there at the airport? Uh-huh. Part sure. of that unit? Yep. yep. Okay. Exactly. And uh, hoping to get a pilot slot. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually, I always wanted to fly fighters. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, ended up. They they transitioned to the KC-135, and I wanted yeah. to fly fighters like my father did. What what did they fly before? I didn't even know. They I flew always, F-4s. Did they really? Yeah, yeah. See, I always thought of them as a KC-135. I didn't know that, that they flew F-4s. Yeah. Yep. Well, good on that guard unit. <laughs> but the refuelers are cool too, and they're pro- to be honest, they're probably more busy in the refueling business over the you know since ninety to now. The, oh, sure, the F four yeah. business. Oh, it, it's a it's a good it's a great mission. And yeah, it's a great thing for Lincoln to have, and it, and it has more people and so forth. Too, yeah, for, absolutely. As, for, from an economic standpoint. So then you went to the University of Nebraska, got your degree there. Yep, uh, in business. Okay. Uh, in four years, I was an econ major. There you uh, go. Then I uh, went right into officer school, mm-hmm. and then to uh, pilot training at uh, Shepard Air Force Base in Texas. Now, in the Air Force, is officer school just online, or did you actually have to go somewhere <laughs> to do it? <laughs> it's the toughest. Toughest week of my life. <laughs> no. Great. It, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then I went to pilot training and uh, flew the F-16 for 10 years. Yeah. And then the A-10 for another four and a half, five years. And then I had a st- staff jobs and, yeah. and towards the end of my career. We all have to do those staff jobs. <laughs> right. That's where you get to put that econ major to the test. I spent five years in the basement at Stratcom. There you that go. That was uh, not my favorite Like the basement but... bunker? Yeah. Basement? Yeah. I, worked, yeah. I was the deputy, uh, uh, what was it called? Deputy Battle Watch Commander. Yeah, oh. So. Yeah, I, I finished, uh, believe it or not, out of SEAL Team at Stratcom because it was the closest duty to home and had some surgeries. And I, I think I was on the fifth level down. I don't know. Maybe I'm not even supposed to say that, but <laughs> bottom line was I was way underground there. And uh, it was it was neat. They were getting uh, ready to transition to the new facility. Um, and so I haven't been in the new facility, but uh, they constantly were having to show me the Navy guy around with all those tunnels of where to go and where to sit. I was like, this is amazing. Because, you know, being uh, you know, my other headquarters was on the beach, oh, to yeah. be honest, and that was great. So I was totally a fish out of water, literally trying to make my way around there. But uh, great mission at Stratcom. I think not just everybody who serves there, but the joint capacity and Nebraskans really support that mission as well. And and I always found it interesting how many guardsmen, both Army and Air Force, I ran into overseas in combat zones from Nebraska. Um, I think Nebraskans don't understand kind of the global reach that our guardsmen have um, from this state. It's it's pretty cool. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
you went on uh, kind of being in the guard. People wouldn't understand, but you also uh, fly professionally airlines. Yes, that's that's another thing you do. So everybody can ca- ca- capture. Uh, that's a bad word. Uh, get a glimpse of Captain probably Chris Stokes uh, <laughs> when you're boarding a plane somewhere one of these days. Uh, but what, having said that, what was the transition like from the military to the airlines? You know. Well, I've always been a reservist. So mm-hmm. I was a guardsman, then yeah. I went into the Air Force Reserve. So I was always a reservist. So in 1995, I got hired at TWA, which is now American Airlines. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did that for about three and, three and a half, four years. And then I got hired at United. So in 1998. And so okay. I've been at, at United Airlines for since then. I got gotcha. you. Uh, whatever that is, 24 and a half years. So, wow. Yeah. So wow. I, I did it concurrently. Yeah, dual careers. I think people, uh, sometimes people don't understand that um, you can be guard as you were also have a job, but also have active duty time as guards deploy and all of that. And it adds up over time. And a lot of guys, I think it's a great way to have a dual career. We don't have a very good program in the Navy um, in that aspect, uh, the Air Force uh, and and certainly the Army and probably the Air Force, given the nature of the mission, probably has the best ability to do that duality. And I think it's a pretty cool thing because you still get to be uh, very instrumental in your community and plugged in. Absolutely. Yeah. You have a home base. And then uh, also, you know, life's not always good and, and airlines go up and down and, and there's recessions and people yeah. get laid off. So we, I always had it in my back pocket. I could yeah. go on active duty for a couple of years up at Stratcom or wherever. Yeah, wherever. And, uh, you know, still put food on the table. Well, I'm, I know we won't get through this uh, interview without talking about the A-10 at some degree because uh, sweet sweet system, sweet weapon system, platform, as we'd li- as I would like to say. You could tell me what you're supposed to officially say. Uh, but uh, you have some bandwidth and say, you know what? My expertise would be good at Airport Authority. And so you're at vote for Chris or votechrisstokes.org. That's where people can find your campaign. Tell us a little bit about that. How did you kind of stumble upon or get interested in Airport Authority um, and and what they control and and how they guide our airport, you know, within the community. Well, uh, a couple things all happen at once. I, I I'm pretty good friends with John Olson. Yeah, he is, was in here, you know, a couple years back. Right, right, and he was in the last uh, election cycle, and uh, got to know him pretty well. And I, I started asking questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but but really, what motivated me was kind of a a quote unquote injustice for the general aviation. They right. had a rule that. That uh, a rule out at the Lincoln Airport that basically, with without a twenty minute explanation, basically wouldn't allow small time flight instructors, guy like me that wants sure. to teach on a Sunday morning mm-hmm. or a Thursday afternoon. Uh, uh, the 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 insurance requirement was so high it was it was undoable. It was it, it was five million dollars. No wow. one even had the policy. You couldn't even find one. Right. So uh, I went in and I went to the meeting and I. Stood up at the when the public, you know, had opportunity there, and I said, "Hey, here's this this problem, and every, all these we have three hundred forty thousand people here in Lincoln uh, in the MSA here, and they're going to Crete, they're going to Seward, they're going to Miller to get flight training, uh, in in many cases, and uh, whatever, and explained about the insurance, and it's impossible to get, and they they went and spent, to their great credit, uh, the great team there at, at the Lincoln Airport." Uh, uh, went went to the drawing board and looked it up and did some research and, and they came back a couple months later and said you know what that is out of line and here's here's the it's a one million dollar policy which right. is doable like a you know sure. a million dollar uh, uh, umbrella policy that there you go. a lot of people would have 
And so we got it changed. And uh, so now a guy like me can legally uh, be a flight instructor at the Lincoln Airport. And I think there's probably a lot of folks like you because you do bring up an interesting point that people use the other smaller hubs. You know, almost I call them the farmland airstrips. We have a lot of them here in Nebraska, folks, if you didn't know that. <laughs> uh, it's pretty cool, actually. And uh, and you saw democracy in action. You know, hey, a private citizen, I have an issue. I'm going to go down there and talk about it. And, and my guess is is that just over time, it's like an oversight, and people don't realize that this has kind of been built into the way the, you know, it, any kind of border, in this case, the airport authority, you know, they deal with what they deal with, but it just, they hadn't seen it for years and it just kind of rolled over until someone brought it up. Yeah, it kind of got, yeah, boilerplated into the system. Yeah. And, and I, and until I went out and raised my hand and stood up and, and explained it. So, uh, and, and that's brings up the importance, I think, of having some sort of aviation background mm-hmm. in this position because, uh, you know, if you don't have that aviation position, that, that does, you read these, you know, a, 80-page PDF of a bunch of rules, you're not going to catch that. You would, right. You know, who would know that? But I, a pilot would. Absolutely. Say, hey, wait a minute. I, I can't afford this insurance. This is- sure. So, so yeah, it's important to have uh, some, some sort of aviation background. Yeah, and I think that people maybe get, you know, I was surprised when airport authority was a voted position. I mean, I was like, oh, interesting. I mean, not that that's a bad or good thing, but I would assume that people, um, John Olson, I think, is a good example. You know, engineering background, building background. Um, I know there's some other folks that have real estate background. I mean, when you talk about the expanse of the land out there, those start to make sense. But one of the key cornerstones is, listen, folks, it's an air park. It has a National Guard base on it. It has general aviation. It has commercial aviation. Like having people that understand that industry and lingo is very important. Absolutely. Yep. And so you're like, there's a gap. I think, I, you know, I'm going to put my hat in the ring and run. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I, I know how the sausage is made yeah. and uh, want to be Well, to be, be honest, the- as you've described, you've really been in and around the industry uh, since your late teens. <laughs> I mean, in a way, uh, I've spent my whole life at the Lincoln Airport. Whether at the Nebraska Air Guard, I was a I was a flight instructor, as I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, uh, out there in college. I uh, I worked at Duncan Aviation, yeah, for a few years. I <laughs> I actually got married in a hangar out there. There you go. So there's a. I, I a mean, I've history. seen guys on movies like Top Gun do that same thing. So I mean, it's very very possible. And then for the last twenty twenty four years, I, or twenty eight years, I've been an airline pilot, flying in and yeah. out of there. So I. I've been in the military. I've been in the airline side and the terminal there. I've been at the the corporate side at, at uh, yeah. Duncan and Linair, and in the general aviation. I'm, I'm a, a little airplane pilot and CFI, a flight instructor, as I mentioned, and uh, and I own an airplane, and rent a hangar out there, and and so forth. So that's cool, right? That's cool. No, you you definitely, uh, as we would like to say, you're overqualified. No, <laughs> not not really, but it's kind of interesting. Rarely. In politics, do you have opportunities where somebody is very well read in the position, in this case, airport authority, and experienced for the office, quote-unquote, that they're running for? So that makes you a very unique candidate, you know, for this, I well, think. I, I appreciate that, and, and, and that's, one of, <laughs> that's one of the problems, is that it doesn't matter if you're Chuck Yeager or Neil Armstrong, if a 23-year-old poli-sci major that someday wants to be state senator or whatnot, uh, is a better politician than you? 
has more signs, shakes more hands, kisses more babies. He's he's going to win. Well, but that's why you have a campaign, and you've kicked it off, and we want to make sure we give you some platform here. Again, we're on with uh, Chris Stokes, uh, vote. ChrisStokes.org. Is there is that the best place for people to find you in yes, your campaign? Absolutely, yeah. And stuff. I know we'll uh, you've got some campaign goals on here. I want to make sure second segment um, we talk about those uh, to the audience. Uh, let's go back and talk uh, because I always have a lot of veterans uh, that listen, and there's probably no American doesn't like our air power. But uh, you first started out on the Viper, the F sixteen. Yes. Is that right? Is that what they always called it? Yeah, the Viper. Yeah. See, yeah. I didn't even know that until half uh, more than halfway through my career. Yeah. I always thought it was the Fighting Falcon. Well, that's the official name but, and the Air the, Force makes it makes you they name it after it, birds. Okay. So the, Viper, so the Air Force has to say Fighting Falcon, but a lot of people call it the Viper as well. Yes. Is there a reason for that? Well, I think originally it was the Viper and uh, like I said, I think the Air, Force, the Air said, Force forced them to change it. Same thing with the Hog. We call it the yeah. Warthog or the right, Hog right. or the A-10, yeah. but it's the Thunderbolt 2. That's right. It, it, right? it is but the Thunderbolt 2. That goes against what I just said because it's not a bird, but uh, right. whatever. <laughs> well, you're never going to hear anybody in modern times refer to that thing as the Thunderbolt 2. Right. At least uh, not not anybody from the ground. We know it as the Warthog or the Hog or the Pig. Yeah. And, uh <laughs> So, you know, time in the in the F-16, so you, you did, you hit that mark, which was a wannabe fighter pilot. That's pretty cool, because that's really hard and, and a lot to get into. And so when we come back, we'll talk a little bit about the A-10 to give you more background on Chris Stokes, who's running for uh, Lincoln Airport Authority. And we'll also get into his campaign, how that's been, because that's different for military guys, as well as your camp- campaign goals. Awesome. That's that's what we'll do. All right, Chris Stokes is here running for Lincoln Airport Authority on Drive Time Lincoln 14993 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 14993 KLIN. All right, we're on with uh Chris Stokes. He's going to be here the whole show. He's a retired United States Air Force, a A10 pilot and F16 pilot. He's also a United pilot. He's running for Lincoln Airport Authority. Really kind of a, it's a really lifelong Nebraska story, to be honest with you, uh, <laughs> with aviation and with uh, service, and he continues to serve. Uh, we're going to talk about his campaign goals, his family a little bit when we come back. Um, well, let me ask you about your family right now. You have a wife and children? Yep, I have a wife and seven children. My, uh, my, my father, as I mentioned, is a retired two-star general from the Air Force Reserve. Also, he flew F-4s and A-10s, uh, and he's from he's from Omaha. I went to Omaha North. You would have to stay like 50 years to beat his rank. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, that was, uh, I didn't quite make that uh, goal, but uh, yeah. And then my mother uh, went to Lincoln Southeast and grew up about three blocks from where I live. So Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Seven kids, they're all doing well, everything's good. What do they think about dad running? I mean, Lincoln Airport is not as... High profile is say the mayor, but it's still politics. What do they think about that? You know, they're 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 pretty indifferent to it. Yeah, they they and they don't really have a strong opinion. Well, they well, they probably view it just like everything else: your job, serving, and it's just dad's. You know, it's something that takes this. me away from them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. and then as long as they're because I always drag them to the airport anyway to sure. go around with airplanes, and they're, yeah. they're they're probably thinking to themselves, "Oh no, I got to go to the airport more." Well. The, I, I, They'll probably appreciate it more when they're older, but I know my grandma used to always, honestly, just to 
I guess, keep me sane, used to take me to watch airplanes take off and land. And, and it never gets boring. And so, you know, if you're around it, like your children are maybe right now, but in the end, they're going to be like, that stuff's really cool. Well, like my wife always says at dinner parties, you're, the only people that think pilots are cool are little kids and other pilots. <laughs> well said. <laughs> 1,499.3-K-L-I-N. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, we're back here on uh, Monday, March 6th. Oh, 40 degrees now. It's getting a little colder, but it still feels like 32. Winds uh, 12 miles an hour out of the north. Did I say 17 before? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. It's decently windy. It's chilly, but not winter chilly. And uh, we're just rolling on with Chris Stokes, uh, running for airport authority, has a very decorated background in the uh, United States Air Force slash guard. To me, it's all the same. Uh, Former F-16 and A-10 pilot, um, as well as United Airlines pilot. Lincoln Knight, I mean, he's basically been down at the airport as long as anybody can. And if he were to be elected to Lincoln Airport Authority and serve a long time, you might be the have the number one boots on the ground at Lincoln Airport by the the end of your uh, life. I mean, starting <laughs> down there in your teens and and now uh, that's cool. You can uh, find him at votechrisstokes.org. And so we're just talking a little bit, getting to know him, talking about his family a little bit. He's got seven kids uh, and one grandbaby. Yes. Which is, how exciting is that? Awesome. Little Dottie. Yeah. Little redheaded <laughs> maniac. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, one of the things, um, you know, I asked you kind of off air, because I think it's a normal question for everybody, which is, why does Lincoln's air service seem, and I'm going to say that, seem to struggle? <clears throat> maybe it doesn't, maybe it does, but a lot of people opt to go to Omaha for a lot of flights, and even though there's been some connectors now, say, to Denver or uh, where do we go? Chicago, mostly, it seems like. Um, yeah, what's going on there? Is, it, is there a future where we can get more regular air travel here? Well, you got to kind of do a bit of a history lesson. I mean, back in the 90s, when I first started, we mm-hmm. had we had a, a Delta, we had TWA, which turned into American, and uh-huh. American going to St. Louis, and we had United. So we had a pretty full, yeah. full service. And these are with with mainline airplanes, yeah, I'm major carriers, DC nines, seven thirty sevens, not mm-hmm. you know the RJs that we have today. Um, well, then uh, two thousand one hit, and basically there was a big recession and, and mm-hmm. so forth, and we lost. 
I think American around that time. And, and I, again, apologize if my exact history or timeline is not perfect. But, uh, anyway, then we had two airlines to Delta and then that went away. Now we're stuck with this one, uh, regional carrier, which is happens to be my company. So mm-hmm. I can't badmouth them. Right. But yeah. But, uh, but the situation is such that it's, it's really an outrage. Uh, there's a lot of, a lot of, Factors, uh, supply and demand. So okay. supply, there's, there's not enough pilots. There's not enough airplanes. Yeah. Uh, so now's not the time to be right. raising your hand saying, Oh, here, fly, fly out of Lincoln. They're like, Hey, we can barely hold our schedule as it is. Sure. Uh, we don't, we're not open to new ideas right now. And that's the way it's been for, you know, three, four, five years. So, so some of it is industry driven, um, you know, post 2001, but you know, the industry, I think most people that pay attention, there is a pilot shortage. There's, you know, like you said, airframes and stuff like that. But what I have noticed the airport authority doing, uh, when you look at Duncan, the guard is expanding that space kind of infrastructure wise. And so I guess uh, from a lay person, that would be something we can do in the hopes of when the airline industry kind of stabilizes itself and, um, and I guess sell Lincoln. To airlines, yeah, absolutely, and that's what I want to do. So, so the folks that have been in the airport authority who I've gotten to know real well, and I very much respect them. Mm-hmm. Both the uh, the board members who right. mostly endorse me, four out of five of them, uh, and the and the folks that are full timers out there mm-hmm. are super capable folks. Yeah. So it's not from a. <laughs> I don't know. It's not. It's there's no buffoonery going on. Sure. Sure. Uh, out there. Um, but you have an expertise that is very unique, and like you said, you have the bandwidth, and while the people that are permanently stationed there, working there, and the board is there, you know, and there's, you know, and that being one piece, air carriers, you know, is one piece, and I want to talk more about the infrastructure development and thoughts you have Um you know, you can bring a unique perspective to the board that can help in their ongoing efforts and maybe even new vision stuff. Absolutely. And, but I do want to give credit to sure. the, the, they've been working their tails off for mm-hmm. the last many, many years to do, to build the new terminal. Yeah. Uh, that is a huge deal. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's build the field and they will come, right? right. So, so, uh, you, you've got to have some sort of infrastructure for, to even go out and ask Delta or ask American or ask Southwest to come to Lincoln, Nebraska. Sure. So, so they have done that. So that's great. I, I get to, Kind of ride on their coattails, if you will, if I if I were to be elected, and then this other one is this 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 uh, constitutional amendment one that uh, Nick Kusick helped champion, mm-hmm. uh, which allows us to do what's called minimum guarantees for the airlines uh, uh, for the f- first time, uh, and it gets complicated. I don't want to get into it too much, but basically, it allows us to. Uh, it's a way to attract large sure. airlines, and the states around us were able to do this. Minimum guarantee, which again requires a long explanation, yeah. which I won't get into, but Nebraska was unable to do that. So therefore, when the marketing director of Southwest Airlines from Dallas mm-hmm. is is sitting in her desk looking at a map, and she looks at Nebraska, she's like, "Ah, they, they won't play. They're not right." So we're going to go to Wichita. So instead. it makes us. We're going to go to yeah, Sioux Falls instead. It's a, we've lost a competitive advantage by not keeping up or making those decisions, and that's something that um, you know clearly you're talking about. Is it Amendment One, Constitutional? Constitutional Amendment One. It was passed at the last, okay. the last cycle, and so that's going to give us, you know, as we move forward, some advantages to to get back in the playing field, and and that will help. Absolutely. So we have those two things going for us. So I, uh, I, very much see 
at least one airline and hopefully two airlines uh, occupying that terminal in the next four years. Yeah, that's awesome. There's been a lot of talk over this year about the logistics side of it, um, as well as the expansion of the west side, I think the industrial side of the airport. Um, Thoughts on those? Well, the west side is, I always joke, I, I this probably shouldn't say this, but it uh, looks like a, a scene from a zombie movie over there. I mean, it's like a... Well, part of that's right, because there was infrastructure there. Right. And, so, I, and I have to ask, was that old guard or old facilities military at one point? Oh, yeah, that was yeah. an Air Force base, the Lincoln okay. Air Force Base. So oh, from like 1943 oh, to That's right, there was training here for World War II. Uh-huh. Wasn't there? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then they had the big bombers here, which is why we have a 13,000, 12,901 foot runway. Out there you there go. Because they had the B 47 bomber, like a Cold War bomber. Yeah. And they had a huge base here. I mean, it's an that's right. Because when I have been over there, you know, that's kind of the towns we run around, the old military towns that are no longer used. And, you know, we plant explosives on everything and, you know, we put our <laughs> little targets up. And, and you're right. I mean, it's, it's old infrastructure, but in the end, it's a lot of space. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's uh, 5,000 square acres, eight square miles wow. of, of space, not just over there, the whole airport, mm-hmm. but, uh, but it, has, it has all the infrastructure. It ha- it's an amazing yeah. piece of land. It has roads. It has drainage. It has ramp space, which is custom. Yeah. You, you know how much it costs to replace a small piece of your sidewalk. <laughs> Imagine pouring you know, 36-inch thick for a right. half a mile you know so so anyway uh it has that it has rail rail service it has i really rail service? rail service from the north yeah up by Kaw- kawasaki cool. up there okay there's, yeah there's rail uh so it has rail it has i-80 access and you're two and a half hours from almost anywhere in the united states lincoln nebraska that is is just perfect for a uh Infrastructure, yeah, on the west side there for for any kind of industry, anything, yeah. I mean, geez, with rail, with access to I eighty, with access to a you know whatever thirteen thousand foot runway, I'm going to call it that. And a huge amount of ramp space, with and a larger, huge right? amount of ramp space. Uh, you could do a lot with that. Wow. Yeah, I don't see why UPS or FedEx or, or Amazon doesn't have a, a sorting yeah. center here. This would be the perfect place, uh, and they're. Taking steps towards that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. There are, there have been. I at least on Amazon, I've heard word of you know this community trying to get competitive with that. But I would say you know anybody can come in and and uh, make that work because you're right. There's a great infrastructure out there. You know what we ought to do? We ought to make turn it into a racing track. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> have an F1 race come here to uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, tell me about campaigning. How has that gone for you? Well, this is new to me, and yeah. I gotta say it's. Not my fave. Right. Um, yeah. So I've got to ask my friends for money, which is super unpleasant. Sure. And, uh, you know, have parties at my house and whatever. Uh, it, you know. What, it's, that's just the part way of it the is. I right, mean, right, right. You've got you've to open but yourself been, up. Right. Get money. I mean, everybody knows politics, even Lincoln Airport Authority. You've got to raise money for your campaign. Right. And I get back to the thing. I, I'm going to get my rear end handed to me by a by somebody who doesn't if i if i don't play the game so i right. need to play the game and i'm playing it and it's it's i can't i'm not gonna lie and say i like it yeah, so no, let, I'll that's just totally it. fair i mean uh <laughs> listen it says right here chip in to help kick off his campaign you can right. go to vote chris stokes.org and donate right there well and uh you've got to do those things I yeah mean. yeah and jack a lot of our peer cities this is a would be a mayoral uh, uh, appointed position. Uh-huh. So, so even if the mayor called me and said, "Hey, Chris, you want to do this?" Right. 
I I mean, I'd have to sit and think about it. You know, sure. So how much do you get paid? Oh, nothing. Yeah. Oh, oh, really? Okay. And how much time does it take? Oh, that's kind of a lot. Right. I mean, so so they're... Yeah, I mean, you, <laughs> you have, have to... These are big decisions. Right, right. Know? And that's even if I was asked. Now i got to go out and, again, yeah, you've got be a, a politician and... Well, you've got to... This is part of it. Come, come and, on a show like this and talk to people and let them get to know you. Um, you know, that, that's interesting. I mean, what do you, when you get to talk to people... Um, you know, I suspect there's people that are very much into the airport authority, but I would suspect the vast majority of Lincolnites really are kind of hands-off. What do you hear from people when you talk to them and say, hey, I'm running for airport authority, here's my background? There is one thing to talk about when I'm walking around shaking hands and kissing babies uh, uh, in the neighborhoods, and that's that's airline service. Is it? Everybody. Yeah. I mean, nobody except a handful of weird pilots like myself actually, you know, <laughs> about the little airplanes and such it's it's 99 percent of people care about the airline service and yeah. how bad it is and, yeah. and how they have to drive to omaha and how the flights always cancel out of lincoln because right. there's no competition right so that is the number one issue hands yeah. out yeah well, i mean that makes sense to everyday uh human being i mean that's my first question when i think about it i though i i pay a little bit of attention to the small aviation and um i certainly know that duncan's been expanding out there as well and uh you know i i think they will continue to be a forever a great partner to lincoln airport oh absolutely duncan aviation is we are so lucky to have them yeah just as an employer and they're if you if you follow the industry they're the absolute top of the yeah. of the industry they're just an amazing company yeah well and the guard isn't going anywhere either i mean they've made some infrastructure uh you know if you go on base every once in a while i've got to go down there and uh you see some of the new buildings they've put up and i believe that art did the army national guard as well put a headquarters out there uh or yes that that's, that's the state joint headquarters yeah, joint, yeah, headquarters. joint headquarters it's like a Four or five story building, and yeah, I'm starting nice. to date myself now because <laughs> a lot of the bases were turning to yeah. joint, you know, Lewis McCord joint. This. I'm like, what is going on? I don't yeah. get it. You're either in a Navy base, an Army base, or an Air Force base. But now, you know, we're we're jointifying, which probably helps on the money and the taxpayers' money and efficiencies. So absolutely, I mean, and over on that east side, also besides Duncan, I mean, there's Silverhawk Aviation. That's I don't right. know if you're familiar with these guys, but they yeah. are a top notch yeah. operation. They they fly uh, uh, corporate jets and, mm-hmm. and King Airs and and uh, which are propeller yeah. jet or uh, prop planes, but yeah. uh, two engine, two engines. See, I'm familiar with King okay. Air. Yeah, yeah, that's the Navy. <laughs> Navy had those. Yeah, but uh, sure no, did. They're an awesome operation. We have Ignite Flight School, which that's is right. a, a FAR 141 school, which means nothing to 99 percent of people right, I'm right. talking to right now. Right. But but it's a real flight school that yeah. has great planes, great owner. I know him personally. Uh, uh, great flight instructors and so on. And we also have Hilero, a big paint shop out there. Yeah. So there's there's other stuff that most people maybe wouldn't know about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the uh, It's interesting. Uh, I The VA ha- has a great program where you can uh, learn to fly kind of as a second career. But I'm so disappointed because you can't get it done here in Lincoln. Yeah, you. it's actually the, where they've chosen the regions. Oh, Typical government, uh, right? Like, it's not a big deal, but it would be nice if... Because we have such great flight schools here. Well, maybe that's something we should work on. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You know, get get the local VA. Because I, as a matter of fact, I guess it's on my mind because I was at the VA this morning. I had my yearly checkup, and <laughs> uh, you know, so you always think of it, there's a lot of uh, benefits to being a veteran, and and the VA, you know, medical is one of them, but continuing education is another one, and uh, you know, some of them are great. I actually kind of getting off topic here, but I think there's a new you know uh, vet to farm program that's going on, and they're yeah, having I saw great. That. Yeah, they're having great success with that and so you know when you talk about a pilot shortage around america um 
you know, getting getting qualified pilots, you know, is just one way. So that would be my one big thing. I would say, Chris, I would vote for you if you could ensure that, you know, at 50 I can go to Ignite or Silverhawk or somewhere and, uh, you know, get my qualification again. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on it, Jack. I'm on it. There you go. Hey, let's talk about the A-10 a little bit, uh, folks. The A-10 is a... Uh, well, you you tell me. I look at it as basically it's a, it's an air platform, but to me it's the ultimate in air to ground, uh, close air support uh, that that man's ever invented. And you got to fly it. Oh yeah, it's a it's a airplane designed around a a, a very large gun. Right. And, and uh, yeah, I, when I flew F-16s, which is very sexy airplane right. where you can get to go high and fast yeah. and. And and it's, it's 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 if you ask me what's more fun to fly, I'd say an F sixteen, but an A ten. When I was flying that in the short four and a half years I flew it, uh, I did more in that thing. Yeah, and than I did in ten years in F sixteen. When I say more, I mean combat missions, right? Uh, dropping right. bombs, shooting the gun, yeah, saving guys out, yeah. on, out in the convoys, which yeah. you were probably Pro- <laughs> my, who knows might have been on the ground. <laughs> uh, you know, I know you guys generally uh, change your call signs every day. You know, for security purposes, maybe I don't think you use the same one each day. Maybe you do, but uh, we went back between hog and boar. Did hog you fight one day and boar is the next? There yeah. you go. There you go. No, um, you know. Going from that platform, I suspect you flew uh, lower. Um, I always like to say you, I enjoyed helicopters. Not, I didn't enjoy them because I knew there was a chance if something happens, we're dead. So I always liked having a fixed-wing aircraft that had a glide slope ratio. But the ground effect is always a real fun thing, I think, you know, having having set on a mic. And I don't have any experience, say, in an F-16 where you're up high. But uh, would you, which one did you enjoy more, would you say, the F-16? I would say if if you put two of them out there on the on the ramp and said pick one, I, right. I, I would climb in the F sixteen right. for sure. Yeah, but at the same time, it can't get old uh, using that cannon oh, and yeah. and dropping those bombs from that platform. It's just it's so effective. I yeah. mean, you go in there and it's just it's you 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 make a difference. Oh, you in the F sixteen, you always felt like I'm flying in circles here. Am I really doing anything? But yeah. in A ten, you're dirty and there's smoke in the you yeah. smell the the cordite in the cockpit and you're you're, you're saving people and yeah. people are yelling and on the radios with the 50 caliber chunk 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 yeah. chunk, chunk chunk in the background and i mean you're right in real. the fight it was yeah. real so yeah yeah uh, well and and I, and I would just say as a ground guy that's used a lot of air support um the, it, you'll take it anytime but it's 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 a much better feeling on the ground than a guy dropping from five or eight thousand feet because you know you barely catch a glimpse of them especially if you have to clear them hot but with the A10s, and I don't know if you guys, the term is, you know, forward air controller. Um, yeah. yeah, FAC, as, as we would say. But uh, it's nice to be able to turn that over, you know, to, to a flight of F- A10s, excuse me, and, and they're right in the fight with you and, you know, really helping out. And, and as you said, uh, a needed mission, at, at least in the last two wars. And I suspect any time that, you know, U.S. troops and coalition troops are in contact and, and need support. So we thank you for that. No, well, I don't, I don't buy very many drinks in the army or a Marine bar. <laughs> no, I, when I, I went, when I'm wearing my a 10 patch, that's I, for sure. I bet you don't. Uh, one of the things, you know, going forward, um, vote, Chris Stokes.org is the best place for people to find you. Yes. You'll be out. Um, you have to remind me vote is, uh, on, May second, uh, April fourth is. There's five of us in the. So in the you race. do you do do the primary as well. I guess that's yeah, how it works. A- April fourth. Okay, the April fourth, and then then you follow on. Uh, hopefully, May second. Right yeah. for May second. All right, folks. We'll finish up with Chris Stokes running for airport authority. Uh, when we come back, fourteen hundred ninety nine three K. You're getting the four one one from DTL. 
with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, uh, we're finishing up here today, Monday, with uh, Chris Stokes running for uh, Lincoln Airport Authority, uh, first time uh, running in politics, correct? Yeah. And uh, you get his thoughts a little bit. He's kind of a classic. Uh, politics isn't my, or campaigning's not my thing, but <laughs> I have the bandwidth and certainly the experience uh, to do that. What would you say to people out there that, you know, will see your name on the, uh, on the uh, first ballot and hopefully the second ballot as well? Well, I would ask to vote for someone with, with a, a strong background mm-hmm. and a strong knowledge, uh, number one. Uh, yeah. That's important. Uh, I bring the passion also. I'm passionate about the Lincoln Airport. It's been part of my life for 30-plus years, and uh, yeah. so I have passion and the knowledge. So I, I thought, yeah. you know what? Let's uh, let's go for this. Yeah, why not? Why not? You know, get yourself elected and take that experience, that knowledge, and really that lifelong love of aviation in the industry and serving our country, and and serve again. You know, to the local community here on the airport authority. That's what I'm hearing. Yep. You know, I think there's. I appreciate your time on the show. I appreciate your service. Uh, there's a great picture on his website. Some. Uh, you know, history there in aviation, but uh, the one in the seven eight seven Dreamliner, I think, or is this a seven seven? We're standing tri- in the engine cowling. That's a triple seven. Yeah, that's a triple seven. Folks, engine this cowling. engine is about double the size of a man. It's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. Well, we wish you the best of luck and uh, keep us posted. If you need to come back on, we'd love to talk with you. We can tell some. Uh, War stories, or or maybe just talk national defense, even though that's not uh, the the subject right now of uh, of your run. But uh, appreciate it, Chris. Yeah, I appreciate it too. Cool. Uh, Tuesday, no show tomorrow, Johnny. Correct. Oh, you had to get to the button quick there. No show tomorrow. Maybe a show on Friday. Uh, so expect a, a Wednesday, and then May oral candidate Stan Parker will be in Thursday. So that's kind of the lineup. And other than that, we'll just make it up as we go like we always do. 1,499.3 KLIN.